welcome to our online streaming worship service today. I know each time you've tuned in, if you've joined us before, you've seen me dressed a little differently. But I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for joining us today. And if you've been doing it over these past months, we really do appreciate your taking the time to worship with us. And we are glad that we've been able to offer this for you and with you. You know, this ministry of online streaming is something that has grown well beyond our expectations. And we have discovered that we are reaching people literally all over the world, which is kind of scary, but it's also very exciting. Never thought I'd be a TV preacher, and I certainly don't have enough hair for it. But I am delighted that we can be together and invite you to join us today for worship. Over the past few weeks, we've been working our way through the book of Ephesians, and we'll continue to do that today as we hear the writer invite us to be imitators of God. And we'll discover what that means and how exciting it can be for our life of faith. So thank you again for joining us. We look forward to worshiping with you today. Good morning, sons and daughters of God. Welcome as we gather for worship today. It is good to be together, not only here, but also those of you who are worshiping with us online. It is so good to have you join our worship today. We invite you, if you are watching us online through the live stream, to use the live chat. Uh, let us know that you are online. Make a comment about the service. Uh, you know, we're not open, we're not uh, uh, opposed to taking suggestions from the peanut gallery. Uh, so use the live chat uh, to let us know you're with us and also to receive a welcome from us. We're glad that you are here today. We are continuing to work our way through the letter to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus that was dealing with a lot of conflict and how to live together in that life of love. And the author of Ephesians is beginning to outline for us how we live in that love of Christ and how that shapes our life together. And so we'll continue to look at that today. And we might be a little bit surprised at what that begins to look like for us. So again, we're glad that you are here in this room. We're glad that you are at, online with us. So let us stand as you are able as we begin our time together. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, as your followers, we are called to be people shaped by your ethical and selfless life, one that is so much at odds with accepted lifestyles of today. consistent with yours. Forgive us when our words have been less than truthful. Inform us with your spirit, so that we speak the truth, your truth, at all times. 
forgive us for using anger to manipulate and to control. Direct us with your spirit that we might handle our anger responsibly. Forgive us when our actions have lacked total integrity. Mold us with your spirit so that all our dealings are carried out honestly and ethically. Forgive us when our words have been thoughtless and offhand. Instruct us with your spirit so that our words truly bring grace to those who hear. Renew us with your spirit so that our words and actions bring your pleasure and not pain. We are enabled to be kind to one another, to be tender-hearted, to forgive one another, and to be forgiven because Jesus feeds us with his life, a life given to save us from sin. Hear then the good news. Those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us pray together. Gracious God, your blessed Son came down from heaven to be the true bread that gives life to the world. Give us this bread always, that he may live in us and we in him, and that strengthened by this food, we may live as his body in the world through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from the fourth and fifth chapters of Ephesians. Christians are called to be imitators of God. This does not mean Christians are perfect. Rather, the Spirit is at work in our lives so that our actions and attitudes genuinely reflect the love and forgiveness that we have received through Christ and his death. A reading from Ephesians. So then, putting away all falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to John. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, 
Stop complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father. Only I, who was sent from God, have seen him. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. As we continue to learn more and more about the uh, technology of live streaming and do our best to improve that, one of the things that I have learned about it all is that surveys indicate that the most important part of a service that somebody watches is the sermon. That's a really scary thought. The fact that someone halfway around the world or halfway down the street would take the time to tune in to see what I have to say. And what might be scarier is to be here in the room live with me. Bless your heart. Now, before those of you who are online decide to click off and those of you here decide to doze off, let me just share with you that we preacher types are really nervous about our sermons, our preaching, because we really do kind of want to live up to your expectations. We want to, we want to give you something that is worth coming for or worth going online for. And over the years, what I've learned from hearing comments about sermons and talking to people about sermons is that your expectations are that a sermon is going to teach you how to straighten up and fly right. Right? I mean, I hear so many times, oh boy, pastor, you really did step on my toes today. And I almost get the sense from hearing that so often that you really like it when I do. So I'm a little bit worried about today's sermon because I'm not here to say that to you. In fact, really what I have to offer today is just two words. That's it, just two words that I hope you will remember. I, I, regardless of whatever else I say, I hope you can remember these two words. 
Be yourself. That's it. Be yourself. Surprised? Well, I hope so. Or at least I hope you're curious enough to hang in there as I sort of spell that out. You know, it might live up to your expectations if I just gave you the two words and we stopped right there. That would probably raise your expectations a little bit. But there is a little bit of explanation that goes with it. Fact of the matter is, this is not my idea. This comes from Paul or whoever it was who wrote the letter to the Ephesians. We're not quite sure it was Paul. But it's his idea. And even though he doesn't use those words, be yourself, in this passage for today, that's really the message of it. If you listen closely as we read the passage, it kind of sounds like a list of do's and don'ts. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Give up your bitterness. Don't let your anger lead to sin. Don't speak badly about each other. Don't argue. Be kind. Imitate God. Live in love. That kind of sounds like one of those ought-to sermons that I could use to step on your toes, right? But no, really, the message behind this, this passage is be yourself. Now, I understand that when I say that, there's a lot of risk involved because you might hear that and say, oh, that's just great. It doesn't really matter what I do. I'm just being myself. Except that elsewhere in this letter, the writer says, don't keep living the way you used to live like others are living because they're trapped and deluded in their thinking. He makes it abundantly clear that it really does make a lot of difference how we choose to act and live. But here's where we begin to get trapped and maybe deluded. Because so much of what we do is based on how we see ourselves. Self-image plays a huge role in how we act. So some will say, well, I'm doing just fine. I'm as good as it gets. There's no need for any kind of course correction. Kind of like the, the famous Christian businessman who was visiting a congregation, a large church, and at the end of the service, the pastor invited him to come up and greet the congregation. And he began by spelling out all the, the things that he had done for the Lord and how the Lord had blessed him with a, with a big house and a great job and a wonderful reputation. And then he concluded by saying, most people would love to just trade places with me. What more could the Lord give me? And then a voice from the back of the church called out, how about a dose of humility? Sometimes, some of us may begin to think we're doing just fine. We're so good at what we do and how we live. Little wonder why God loves us so much. But there is the other side 
as well. That we feel so low about ourselves, why should we even try? And maybe the church is partly to blame for that kind of feeling because we do and should talk about how we are sinners. We cannot free ourselves from our sin. But maybe we've done a little bit too much preaching at you, stepping on your toes to the point where you really don't feel like you're much good anyway, so we really shouldn't worry about trying. Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, in the early days of his career, became the legal counsel for the newly formed NAACP as they were working to bring about equality in our nation's schools. And he tells about an experiment that was done to help demonstrate how uh, culture has ingrained an inferiority complex in young black children. These African-American children were brought in one at a time to a room, and on, in this room were two sets of dolls. And one would be asked, pick up the pretty, smart, nice doll. And in each case, that black child would pick up a white doll. And then when another child was brought in and, and was told, pick up an ugly, bad, stupid doll, each time they would go and pick up a black doll. They had been told so much that they were bad, lazy, and ugly. That's the way they began to see themselves. And maybe some of us feel so broken inside. We know our past and it's so bad that nobody could really love us. Maybe not even God. We feel like somehow we've got to straighten up before God will care about us, but that's so hard. So why should we even try? Well, my friends, the good news is Ephesians is not saying either of those things to us. Be yourself is a wonderful message, one that says we are to live differently because we are different. So for those who need a little bit of dressing down, be yourself is that dose of humility because it calls on us to remember that what we have and who we are comes from God. It's a gift. And from those who feel lower than dirt, be yourself is a word of encouragement, a word of freedom, because it reminds us that we are God's own children. When Ephesians tells us to imitate God, <laughs> wow, how in the world do you do that? I mean, that sounds impossible, doesn't it? But the fact of the matter is, to imitate God is to simply realize and to believe that we really are created in God's image, just like the Scriptures tell us. 
We are created in the image of God. We really are God's own children. We can live that way because we are that way. You're somebody. So live like it. Be who you were meant to be. Be yourself, your true self. Be who God made you to be. Now, the fact is, we know we don't get this right all the time. It's not easy to do that. We are still in the grips, trapped in our old ways. We still hang on to our pride and and our insistence of, of setting our own standards and doing things our own way. But God's Spirit is constantly at work. Ephesians reminds us that the Spirit is at work in us to draw us to Christ, to draw us to that life that we were meant to have all along. Maybe you remember the story from the book Written in Blood by Robert Coleman in which he tells the story of a little boy whose sister desperately needed a blood transfusion in order to save her life. And through a series of reasons, the young boy's blood was the only one that she could receive. And so the doctor asked the little boy, will you give your blood to Mary? And he thought for a long while and began to tremble a little bit. And finally he nodded his head and he says, yes, I will give it for Mary. Then after the nurse had inserted the needle in the little boy's arm, he began to look quite worried and he crossed himself And he looked up at the doctor and asked, when do I die? And the doctor suddenly realized that the young boy believed that giving his blood to his sister meant he had to die. And miracle of miracles, he was willing to do that for his sister. Miracle of miracles, Jesus Christ was willing to do that for all of his sisters and brothers. For us. Giving himself over to death so that we might live a new life. The life we were meant to live. We don't have to reinvent ourselves all on our own. For Christ comes to us as living bread inviting us and nourishing us to live into that life of love that God wants for all of us. It's not something that's going to happen in a flash. It doesn't happen overnight. But as the writer of Ephesians says, it's, it's really a process. If we were to translate it uh, uh, literally, it literally means keep on becoming imitators of God. We're working on a process of becoming who we are meant to be. And Martin Luther puts it this way, this life, therefore, is not godliness, but the process of becoming godly. Not health, but getting well. 
not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. I like that. I like the fact that God is continually working in us. It's a journey that we take. And the Bible teaches us that as God's people journey together, God always provides for them what they need. Today, Jesus compares himself with manna, the bread that God provided to his people through their wilderness journey. Jesus is our manna our bread from heaven. He comes to give himself so that we journey with him to be who we were meant to be. Forgiven. Loved. Sons and daughters of God. So this afternoon, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I am somebody. I am a child of God. And believe it's true. Because it is. Then go out and live like it every day. Just be yourself. In Jesus' name.
please stand as you are able. Let us offer our prayers to God, responding to each petition with the words, Sustain your world, we pray. O God, bread of life, feed the baptized with your mercy. Uphold the preachers of the church. Bless Sunday sermons, parish education, and new models of ministry. And nourish us with hymns and prayers, both classic and recently composed. Receive our prayers, O God. Sustain your world, we pray. O God, manna in the wilderness, protect the countless terrains that you have created. Tame the wild weather that human activity has generated. Grant healthy harvests around the globe and provide water and shade in each wilderness. Receive our prayers, O God. Sustain your world, we pray. O God, you are the staff of all life, the corn of life, the rice of life. Look with favor on each area of the globe and open our hearts to the wide world and have you have made. Show us how to feed those who hunger and bless world agencies of relief. Lead our country and all the nations of the world out of divisive con con controversies and into pathways toward peace. Nurture our elected leaders the desire for truth. Strengthen our efforts to combat the coronavirus. Guide school administrators as they plan the fall semester. Receive our prayers, O God. Sustain your world, we pray. O God, cup of goodness, heal the sick and comfort those who suffer. Give a home to refugees and housing for those who have been evicted. Fill the emptiness of persons who are lonely or rejected. Empty our reservoir of prejudice. Save those you name before you. Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, family of Betty Burkhart, John Daly, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Judy Nelson, Mary Lou Schofield, Roger Strong, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, and those on our lips or in our hearts. Receive our prayers, O God. Sustain your world, we pray. O God, food for our journeys accompany each of us on our ways, and in mercy hear our personal petitions. Receive our private prayers, O God. Sustain your world, we pray. To you, O God, source of life, we commit all for whom we pray, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen.
The peace of Christ be with you always. And for those of you watching online, know that we extend the peace of Christ to you as we share it here in the room with one another. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's peace. For those of you joining us online, we invite you to share in this meal of life and forgiveness that Christ gives to us. We ask that you commune all who are in your gathering, or you may commune by yourself if you are alone. Please use these words as you share the bread, the body of Christ given for you, and with the cup, the blood of Christ shed for you. Please stand as you are able. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for them to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ has set this table with more than enough. Come, eat, and be satisfied. We will begin our communion this morning, a communing the piano side first. Please be seated.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Jesus, bread of life, we have received from your table more than we could ever ask. As you have nourished us in this meal, now strengthen us to love the world with your own life. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, welcome to this time of worship, both here in this room and those of you worshiping online. We are glad that we can come together and sing praise to God for all the love and grace that is ours. We do want to give our sympathy and support for, to Ray Burkhart. Uh, Betty Burkhart, uh, Ray's wife Betty, died yesterday. Uh, the arrangements for her service are incomplete, but we will forward word to you about her service. We're also trying to get the band back together. Uh, we're going to start, well, we've been having a couple, but we're going to have another uh, summer choir practice this Thursday at 6.30. And uh, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so if you'd like to make that joyful noise, come join us as we try to put the band back together, as they say, in some great movies, like the Blues Brothers. Right? Remember that one? That was a good one. 
Also, just a reminder, if those of you who are here, if some of you want to go and help in the ministry center with the tables and chairs, that would be most appreciated. Now, please stand as you are able and hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us the ability to be ourselves, to be the beloved children of God. So we go trusting that God will go with us and bless us and keep us, that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. of God as beloved children and live in love. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. 